0: you're
1: to good morning everyone welcome to Saturday morning obscurities I'm your co-host and sister Melissa
2: I'm your co-host and brother jams
1: welcome to the show and welcome to our guest our guest we have a guest here hey hey hey
2: this is our friend Jason. I when I did radio in college, uh, Jason and I hosted like a morning show where we talked about cartoon uh, comics and cartoons and stuff. We did, uh, and we you used to be my boss at the comic book shop. So that's
3: weird. Yeah, yeah. I forgot about that. Yeah, you were. <laughs>
2: uh, but yeah, wait. Which one are you? You are two. Okay,
1: I'm Melissa. You're <laughs> yeah. I'm Jason.
2: There we go. We'll figure this out. Uh, we may sound a little different to you, and that's because we're recording this for the first time ever for this podcast in person. We have never done an in-person recording in the history of this show, but we found that to be the most te- techni- technically advantageous for this episode.
3: That was good wordplay there, <laughs> <laughs> Uh So
2: yeah, we are recording this through a mixer, through three mics in my room, uh, hooked up to my computer. And these are all getting mixed into one track. So normally this is recorded in three separate tracks. I sync them together or normally this would be two separate tracks for me and Mel. But normally I sync them together and I work them and and mute things and coughs and all that. Uh, But we're not going to be able to really do that in this episode. So bear with us through this episode.
3: I didn't realize you were going to explain the technical specs of your podcast while we were recording your podcast.
2: Yeah, I I think it's important to have clarity.
0: Mm -hmm. Okay, all right, cool.
2: So yeah, if you guys have any, uh, can hear anything weird, sorry. I tried (laughs) to fix it as best I could. Uh, So we'll do our best. Uh, Oh yeah, so we got our first segment of the show called What's New Scooby-Doo? Jason, this is a segment where we talk about anything new like media related that we've been watching or reading and enjoying. Do you have anything? What's new Scooby Doo with you?
3: Uh, ironically, it's a Scooby Doo cartoon. I yeah. Recently, because they've added like every Scooby Doo cartoon to HBO Max,
2: Ooh.
3: I recently was watching uh, Scooby Doo Mystery Incorporated and I've gotten through the first season. It's interesting, to say the least, to see a Scooby-Doo show that cares more about the overall plot than Mm -hmm. it does about the individual plots. Mm -hmm. That's not to say it doesn't care about those individual plots. But as I've gotten into season two, they literally start every episode with last time on (laughs) Scooby-Doo Incorporated so they can keep you appraised of all of the weird continuity things that are all kind of, you know, uh, part of the main story's plot. Um, but it revolves around, you know, the the past Mystery Incorporated groups. Uh, from what I understand, at this point in the show, there were four of them going back throughout all the history yeah. of Crystal Cove, which is weird. Uh, <laughs> and the weird bird was also part of yes. Yes. three of the groups, Professor I think, or two Paracles. of the groups. Yeah, yeah. like, I, I don't understand how this bird's still alive. He's got to be, like, over 100 years old at this point. But... I'm sure the show will explain that as we go along. I mean, it only lasted for two seasons, so I yeah. think I'm only like 10 to 12 episodes away from the end. Ooh. But I don't know. I don't know if it ended well uh, because, you know, like obviously most of the time when a show's getting canceled, they don't know they're getting canceled. Yeah, unfortunately. they've already started making whatever they're working on currently. So oftentimes things don't end the way the creators would want them to, but I'm hoping that's not the case with the show and they found a good way to conclude the whole overarching story, but it's been fun. It's a yeah. Cool show. yeah.
1: It's one of my favorites. I think it's the best Scooby-Doo out there. Yeah. And I will tell you, it does have a definitive ending. It okay. doesn't just stop.
3: Yeah. The only problem I have with the show up to this point is everyone seems so thirsty for each other. <laughs> <laughs> and that's a little weird to me. Mm. Like, you know, Daphne and Fred have always had like a mm. will-they-won't-they they kind of thing. Uh In this one, it's like, they definitely are going to, but I don't know if I want them to. (laughs) Yeah. Uh, And Velma, my God. Yeah. Velma is so thirsty for Shaggy in the first, like, (laughs) half of the first season. It's ridiculous.
1: (laughs) But then she gets Marcy, and Marcy's the best.
3: Uh, which one's... Oh, Marcy's hot dog water. Hot dog yeah, water, yeah, yes. Dog <laughs> I don't remember her actual name. I always yeah. just remember her as hot her dog
1: water. Her dad owns the local dilapidated carnival, and there's a joke about how they're they're so poor she has to bathe in leftover hot dog boiling yeah, water. Like oh, that's
2: why. Yeah, yeah, so
1: that's her nickname at school, and it's only <laughs> after she's been around for several episodes that you learn her name is actually Marcy. Sure, yeah.
3: But uh, but yeah, I've, I've enjoyed the show, and uh, like I said, with all the Scooby-Doo content they've been adding to HBO Max, I'm looking forward to watching some of the other ones I've never seen before.
2: Yeah, Jackie and I just watched uh, Be Cool Scooby-Doo during, uh, we were both snowed in for work for the past sure. week a, a, a while ago, and we watched a few episodes of Be Cool Scooby-Doo, specifically the snow-related episodes oh. to be on theme, okay, gotcha. uh, and yeah, it's, I, I know a lot of the, a lot of people that watch it that don't like it, don't like it because of the animation style, but honestly, sure. if you put that aside, and even though it's not that bad, it's really funny. It's really good. Uh, yeah, I
3: mean, I've watched a couple episodes of that one uh, yeah. because Casey, my coworker, is a very big fan of it, and she had it on at work one day on the yeah. TV, so I watched a few episodes. I wasn't really paying attention, but it does look like one that I would get into.
2: Yeah. 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 We will definitely, at some point, do some farm-up, Mr. Incorporated. Mm-hmm. Uh, whenever I picture the show, I always picture the Sky episode.
1: I think about the shining episode
2: which one is the shining episode i think
1: it's in season two somewhere they go to a spooky hotel with like real shining vibes they do the like lady in the bathtub scene but instead you pull the shower curtain open and it's just shaggy that walks out yeah
3: that was they were like the the they were burning something that like gave people hallucinations yeah like the guy yeah the firewood from the
1: fireplace spoiler alert for one episode of one scooby-doo series i feel like i
3: just recently watched that one so that was in my as soon as you said that i was like was that the one with the hallucinating i
1: think Mm -hmm.
0: that
2: was yeah (laughs) yeah definitely definitely recommend that show but that's not the show we're talking about today Today, we have a, a special treat for you guys. Mm. This is, I guess, a, a bit of warning at the top of the hour. This is the first adult animation yeah. cartoon we've covered here.
1: I think we were going to call these tentatively Saturday Night Obscurities. <laughs> this is our first
2: Saturday Night Obscurity where this, again, this will be adult content. So we're going to be, you know, protect your sensitive little ears and uh, be aware of spoilers. There, This show yes. is long, so we're going to be... I'm sure talking about spoilers without much whim for for, uh, Mm. censoring ourselves. Uh, But today, we're talking about The Venture Brothers. (laughs)
0: Uh,
2: Jason, Uh. this was your pick when I I asked you if you wanted to be on the show. What's your history with The Venture Brothers?
3: Uh, So I am an Adult Swim fan from its inception, back when it was just uh, anime, when Mm. they did Toonami. Uh, But as they went along, obviously they started expanding and uh, creating original content. And the Venture Brothers was one of the original ones, along with like Aqua Teen and um, Brack Show. Oh, yeah. I love Brack Show. Yeah, various of the other ones. But uh, the Venture Brothers initially started out as a spoof of Johnny Quest, which I might be a little old in saying that because (laughs) I remember watching Johnny Quest. Oh, yeah. Um, But uh, yeah, so it centers around Dr. Venture. uh, and his two sons, Hank and Dean, and their bodyguard, Brock Sampson, who is the greatest character for any TV show I've ever seen. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> um, but yeah, so obviously it started out as a spoof of the weird, like, sci- super scientist guy who drags his kids around on ridiculous adventures. Um, but over time, it became so much more than that and kind of developed its own, like, beautifully connected continuity. I mean, there are things that happen near the end of the show, I mean, I'm going to bring up something that's completely out of context right now, but Uh please, the the Blue Morpho is a character they introduced who was a vigilante back in the day, Uh, and if you go back to an episode, we we noticed this upon rewatching it, if you go back to an episode where they flash back to Dr. Venture's father, Jonas Venture, having a swingers party at his house... (laughs) The blue Morpho is there, even though we had no idea who that was. He's just a guy in a blue coat and a fedora and a a domino mask. So we had no idea who that guy was at all. And they do that all the time. Any character they've introduced uh, and made important, there is definitely some place along the line where you saw that character, even though you didn't know who he was, completely Mm. out of context. Um, So, they, yeah, they just created such a well- you know, closed loop of continuity Mm -hmm. uh, for their television show. And I have loved it since its inception.
0: (sighs) Uh,
1: You have brought today a true gift. The Venture Brothers is, I think, my actual very favorite television show. Fantastic. I am obsessed (laughs) with this. I remember I would see it occasionally on Adult Swim, and I thought it was funny, and I thought the premise was cool, but I could tell there's a lot going on here. Just watching one random episode, I am missing stuff. Yep. And then, when I was in college, I caught an episode called Return to Malice. And oh, yeah. <laughs> so, throughout the series, there's a supervillain named the Monarch, who's dressed like a butterfly with a crown. And he's got these two henchmen, henchmen 21 and 24, who are on the sidelines, joking with each other. They're like the Rosencrantz and Guildenstern of the show, commenting on everything. And i caught this episode where apparently 24 had died and 21 was reeling from this death was going on a revenge mission just trying to (laughs) fit like a very sad revenge mission like who killed my friend why did he die was this an accident did somebody murder him and he just doesn't know what to do with his life anymore and i thought wow this show has a lot more emotional depth to it than i realized i want to go back and watch this from the beginning And I did. And that was basically my whole college experience. (laughs) Did I kiss boys? No, I stayed inside my room and I watched the Venture Brothers. And this has been really on my mind lately because I was rewatching the show right when quarantine hit and I hadn't seen season seven yet. I'd been saving it for after I rewatched seasons one through six. And it was like terribly perfect timing or as soon as i was in this dreadful situation i had a whole new set of episodes for my favorite tv show i could watch absolutely it like saved my mindset venture brothers carried me through early pandemic
2: (laughs) wow yeah my my history with venture brothers is your history of venture brothers (laughs) in that you told me constantly how much you enjoyed venture brothers and i watched like the first few parts of the season But I didn't watch it as religiously as you did. Mm -hmm. So uh, I got a smaller liminal view of Venture Brothers uh, compared to what you had watched. And that is represented uh, today (laughs) (laughs) because we watched uh, episode, what was it, season six, episode one?
1: It is a uh, to be technical. It is a TV special that aired between season five and season six on TV. Mm-hmm. Uh, when you watch the episodes on HBO Max, it's listed as episode one of season six. Yes. yes. Yeah. So
2: yeah, and I watched that completely out of context. Wow. Out of yeah. based on Confusing what? Confusing. Without <laughs> the context, for sure. Which is which is wonderful, and what we love to do on this show is watch <laughs> things out of context. But, yeah, based on what you both have told me about Venture Brothers. I was able to piece together like, oh, that must be that character. Wow. That must be that character. So <laughs> this will be interesting.
3: Yeah, the episode was titled All This and Gargantua 2, and it is honestly, I think, the the reason when you asked me which episode I would like to talk about, the reason I picked that one is because I think that's where the show completely shifted. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Everything about what we had come to expect of the show's plot and how its characters interact with each other changed forever. Um, we had come to a point in the show where – brock had moved on mm. and he had gone back to the osi and he was no longer the bodyguard for the the two uh kids in dr venture and he they had been replaced by sergeant hatred who was an osi guy the osi is the office of secret intelligence they're basically like the gi joe
2: yeah yeah
3: of the of the venture brothers were oh the shield i guess mm. if you're familiar with marvel yeah um so he'd gone back to the OSI, and Sergeant Hatred was an OSI guy, then he became a villain, and then he worked for the OSI as a bodyguard again, uh, working with Dr. Venture. But he's, I mean, it's a little dark to talk about, but he is a dark character in and mm-hmm. of himself. Yeah, He was a, I mean, for lack of a better term, he was a pedophile. Mm-hmm. Um, and... It is one thing to hear that and think, well, I don't like that character. But Sergeant Hatred is one of the most likable characters on the show. It's so – it's such a weird dichotomy between mm. how you perceive him and who he actually is. Mm. Um, and he's trying to be better, right? He's, he's, he's taking meds from the OSI and he's trying and – he, and he's working with Hank and Dean who are young – well, young teenage boys. Mm-hmm. Um, they don't really age until season six.
2: I <laughs> noticed that. That I'm like, wow, we're so far along the show. And this guy just barely has the inkling of a mustache.
1: Well, they are also clones. They're clones. And oh. e- every time they die, their dad would just boot up new clones Here's so they're new perpetually Hank Dean. 16. right but yeah. i think at the end of season three they are out of spare clone bodies so they yeah. have not died since then Wow, they okay. age slightly so they get a little <laughs> bit of a mustache now yes but i think they're like at this point approximately 18. Whereas, uh, they probably should be, like, 20. They yeah. think they've lost time after being d- killed and rebooted every time.
0: Well, yeah,
3: I think uh, somebody comments on that. Uh, the woman who thought she was their mother. Myra. My- yeah, Myra. Yeah, yeah. She says uh, something about their ages in the episode where she kidnaps them. Mm. And Hank says something like, we're 16, going on 17. <laughs> <laughs> and she's, like, "She she's baffled by that because... Based on her knowledge of yes. Doctor Venture, the children should be at least eighteen or nineteen years old by mm-hmm. now. Yeah, so they are perpetually sixteen. They've died fourteen times. Oh, at least uh, at least yeah. 12, 13, something <laughs> like that. Uh, they go through all the deaths in one of the episodes where they explain to you the fact that they are clones. Yeah, uh, they're actually explaining it to Doctor Orpheus, who is. One of the greatest side characters in the show. He's basically yes. Doctor Strange. Yeah, I was gonna yeah. say
2: he appears to be the Doctor Strange of he the show, is. whole cloth.
3: He absolutely <laughs> is, and ac- he actually explains Doctor Strange's role better than I think any comic or movie has <laughs> ever explained it. Yeah, uh, because he's defending what he does to Doctor Venture. I think at one point, and he says, uh, "Below this earth that you consider to be solid, is a delicate net." That protects your soft pink insignificance from falling into oblivion yes i repair that net
2: yeah that's <laughs> and a, i think that's a great doctor Strange. that is
3: the best description of what doctor strange does that i've ever heard
2: yeah, yeah
1: there's <laughs> a lot of characters in this who are pastiches. we've got a a doctor strange we've got a blade we've got a fantastic force
2: there was a blade and I'm like. <laughs> Why is there a blade here? His name's Jefferson Jefferson Twilight. Twilight. Oh, that's perfect. (laughs) What a a username.
3: (laughs) Uh, My favorite, one of my favorite characters, speaking of the Order of the Triad, which is Dr. Orpheus, Jefferson (laughs) Twilight, and the Alchemist. Mm -hmm. The Alchemist is uh, one of the few gay characters in the show, and he is beautiful. He is the greatest, just, he's great one-liners. He has a relationship with shore leave who is another uh gay character on the show who works for the osi who's a big tough guy i
2: Mm saw him
3: yeah yeah uh (laughs) him and al uh the alchemist have a relationship and it is the most adorable thing i've ever seen yeah that's that's cute
1: (laughs) yeah (laughs) there's i took a bunch of notes for all this in gargantua too and when i was done taking notes i went back through and i thought I calculated there's at least 35 named characters we have to go through. So there might be times when we're running through a scene and like, I just have to mention that somebody is there, but I don't know if we have time to stop and tell you who everybody (laughs) is. We'll just be saying names. I
2: took a lot of nicknames while I was making (laughs) these notes. I'm like, that's, uh, that's purple guy. Oh, there's a a lot of purple guys.
1: (laughs) That's the revenge society. Mm -hmm. Yeah.
2: We'll get into the RS in a second. Uh, but yeah, let's uh, let's run through the facts of the show. Mm-hmm. Uh, and feel free to fill in any gaps you want to know about the history of the show. Mm-hmm. Uh, so let's see. So far, if our levels are a little wonky, it's because I'm raising up and down the meters on the mixer as we go. So I'm sure I'll fix that as, bu- as best I can as po- in post. Name of the show? The Venture Bros. Bros spelled B-R-O-S dot. It was created by Jackson Public. There were 81 total episodes, seven seasons. Technically, there's 86 if you count the pilot and the four specials. Mm -hmm. Uh, It ran from 2004 uh, in total to 2018. Mm -mm. Mm -hmm. Uh Uh-oh?
3: 2004 to question mark because HBO has picked it up and is going to do a special or a movie or possibly a new season. We don't
1: know yet. I remember reading that it is going to be a movie. Venture Brothers, Aqua Teen... And Metalocalypse are all yes. getting, yeah. like, feature-length Blu-ray releases that are also going to be added to HBO Max.
3: But they showed, Jackson Public tweeted out the script Ooh. for the, the cover uh, page for the script. And it's actually not listed as, uh, it's listed as a special, huh. which makes me think that maybe... If this does well for HBO, they might pick the series up and okay. let them continue.
1: They they dang well better because this show, <laughs> as as I'm sure you've you've gathered, it has a lot of plot continuity and very sincere character arcs. Yeah, and like it was just at season seven ended in such a promising place, and then to learn like. Oh, there's not going to be a season eight. It was really, really disappointing. But I, I knew th- the show was going to rise from the flames in some fashion. Like, to think that at the minimum we're going to get a 90-minute movie is it, something I look forward to.
2: Absolutely. It's a Band-Aid on the wound. Yeah. I
1: also want to say that running from 2004 to 2018, that is, I think, Cartoon Network's longest running series. Outside of Adult Swim, it's, you know, individually, I think mm. all of Cartoon Network, this show has ran the longest.
2: Does that include Adventure Time?
1: Well, Adventure Time started in, like, 2010 or something. Oh, I thought it was earlier
3: than that. So... I think technically their longest running series is Aqua Teen oh. Hunger Force. Oh. But that show also had a 15-minute episode runtime. <laughs> so if you extrapolate that into half hours, Venture Brothers, I think, is close to that. Oh. But I think Aqua Teen is their longest running, and they're bringing it
2: back. So. Yeah. yeah. Yeah.
1: Both of them right up there.
2: Yeah. Bonu- some bonus facts for you. <laughs> uh... I
1: know too much about this show, and part of it is your fault, Jams. <laughs> okay, great. As an early quarantine treat, you just dropped my, my by my apartment one day, oh, yeah. and you gave me the art and making of the Venture Brothers art book. It's a yes. book, which is the size of a tombstone. <laughs> it is the thickest book I own. It's super detailed. Yeah, you earned it for sure. Pretty <laughs> sure uh,
3: Dark Horse published that.
2: Yeah, I think so. Book. Yeah, Dark Horse publishes Dark Horse publishes a lot of art books. They do. That's like a whole side biz for them. Uh, so yeah, country of origin USA, original channel Adult Swim uh adaptations you were expecting a movie you can find a lot of merchandise for the show figures and merch mm-hmm. uh in that art book uh let's look at the production companies i had to make a footnote because i have to pull up the mdb because it's so many uh production companies were Astrobase, go exclamation point noodle soup productions world leaders entertainment Titmouse inc and william street mm-hmm. these were have different like times where some stopped production and some started production. So that yeah, was. Yeah, a couple
3: of those companies were Jackson's specific production yeah. companies. I'm yeah. pretty sure the first one was his yeah. company. Yeah,
1: they've made up so much lore for Astrobase Go as a <laughs> fake company. Oh, okay. To talk a little bit more about the creation of the show, it was created by uh, Jackson Public, who I think is a background as a, a cartoonist. I think he worked on like The Tick. number of other cartoons and he was working on this show in a shared studio space with a a painter named doc hammer and the two (laughs) of them became buddies and he's like do you want to write an episode of my show and he's like yeah and then doc hammer just sort of became the co-creator this show over seven seasons, these two have written almost every episode. There is one episode that is guest written by Ben Edlund, the creator of The Tick. Oh yeah, who is friends with both of them, and like I think hooked the two of them up, introduced them. Yeah, yeah. So this is a show with like every episode's written by those two guys. They they do half the voices on the show. Jackson directs every episode. This is a show with a very small, like very personal creativity sense behind it
2: yes uh and speaking of the voices let's talk about the voices for the show uh big biggest name you'll probably see off the top of a imdb is patrick warburton as brock samson also best known as as so many things he's he's Kronk. he's the live action tick Mm -hmm. uh he's he's a lot of stuff he's also in uh, a series of unfortunate events
1: yeah he also hosts soren the ride at disney world
2: he does he does do that in his free time
1: (laughs)
3: He uh, was. All, he's also in uh, Scooby Doo Mystery Incorporated. He he's
1: is. Oh sheriff.
2: yeah, that's right.
3: He's all over the place, man. He's been doing voice acting and just acting in general for yeah. most of our lives. I'm pretty sure. That's <laughs> true. Uh,
2: the voice of Doctor Venture is uh, James Urbaniac. Uh The voice of Dean is Michael. Oh, I picked a uh, complicated. Center Nicholas. Center Nicholas, thank you. Uh, Hank Venture, Christopher McCulloch, who is it's, is.
1: That is Jackson Public. Yeah,
2: I was gonna say yeah. that's.
1: Yeah, that Jackson Public is his pseudonym Art name yeah yeah but when he's doing the voice acting he just does it under chris mccullough yeah. i want to say that doc hammer also does a ton of voices on the show yeah uh, dr Girlfriend. yeah dr yeah. girlfriend then dr mrs the monarch they get married <laughs> pinchman 21 billy quiz boy a ton of people he i think has only ever done this This is yeah. what's fascinating about the show to me it's a, a guy with like Doc Hammer, he's, I remember reading an interview with him where he's like, I don't write, I don't act, I just do the Venture Brothers. He doesn't do this for anything else. I don't think he has another credit. He might. Maybe he's done a, a quick guest voice on like some neighboring adult swim show. I don't know. But I've never encountered him on a single other project. That nah, yeah, This Venture is very Brothers. personal to yeah.
3: both of them. Yeah. It's kind of their baby.
2: Uh, we also have some, some guest stars. We have... Stephen Colbert as Professor Imp- Impossible. James Adamian. As James Adomian. Adomian, thank, thank you. you. As uh, <laughs> as Phineas Phage. Is that is that who should I know that from?
1: Oh, I know him from the comedy Bang Bang podcast. Oh yeah. There's a
2: lot of like podcast people. Paul of Tompkins is in the show. Mm-hmm. Uh, John Hodgman is, is Snoopy. I picked him out in the yeah, episode. Yeah, uh, just
1: pick out. Uh, Hal Lublin and Mark Gagliardi, two of my personal faves.
2: Yeah, Paget Brewster. Yes. Uh, Brendan Small, who, who you would know from Metocalypse, yeah, is whole in movies. this. Yeah, movies. And
3: every, yeah, I was going to say, in almost every Adult Swim so property. So many people. Yeah. God, <laughs> Brendan Small has been involved in almost all of them.
1: <laughs> yeah. Toby Huss is in this episode we're talking about tonight.
3: Oh, my God. The he, Yes. Yes. Uh, <laughs> The Hulk. The Hulk is. <laughs>
0: the
2: oh yeah, greatest you. You thing. mean Timothy
3: Tracer is a Hulk? Oh my god, that was the greatest thing I've ever seen. <laughs> we'll get to that. We'll get to that. <laughs> All right,
2: that's that's most of the facts. Uh, we'll watch the opening there. So Jason was talk, explaining to me before the show started. They don't do an intro for this episode oh. we watched, or for like most of the episodes after season one. They just uh, do after season two. After season two, yeah. they just do a logo flash. Uh, so we're gonna watch the intro from season one oh. and it'll play under us as a bed uh, and we'll kinda like talk about it. It's fifty one seconds long. Uh, and it can hit play in three, two, one, play. And there will be no sound for us.
1: <laughs> I know this song by heart. Yeah. Uh music composed by JG Thurlwell. Mm-hmm. We've got this graphic of a, a photorealistic skull, which really speaks to the sort of Party Boy's mystery atmosphere of the early seasons.
2: Yeah, a, a lot of sliding JPEGs of the boys. <laughs> yeah.
1: This uh, opening credit scene, I think also just done by Doc Hammer at the last minute when they're like, heck, we need a credit scene. <laughs> Doc, you kind of act like the editor, can you make that?
3: Uh, yeah, that, so that. there's actually an interesting story behind that. Yeah? The pilot episode, he did that one. Oh. This one was actually done by a production company. Okay, okay. But when you watch the pilot episode uh, intro, it actually has real people in the imagery. Wow. Like, pictures of real people. <laughs> I'm pretty sure Jackson Public is in the imagery mm-hmm. at some point. Because he was also uh, the head for... The sovereign. Yes. Whenever you would see the sovereign oh. on screen, that was Jackson Public's head. Mm-hmm. Like it was a real picture of him inside of a cartoon.
2: Yeah. I was wondering about that because, I, I mean, we'll get to that in a sec. But like the way they animated that was like, what is happening here? Because <laughs> it it doesn't it doesn't look like your common like live action posted over a, like a two D animation. It yeah. and it's much more depth than that.
3: Mm. Yeah. They basically just put his face through a weird filter to yeah. disguise his identity. Because you're not supposed to know who, you know, the sovereign is. Yeah. Um. Even though that ship sailed long ago, before we got to this episode, but they still, you know, the 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 people that talk to him, that communicate with him, still see that weird face whenever they talk to him.
2: All right. So yeah. Well, let's get into the episode, shall we? Yes.
1: (laughs) All this and Gargantua too which is named after uh, an orbiting space station, the sequel to Gargantua 1, the ship that Jonas Venture made that was oh. destroyed, and now his son, JJ. So Dr. Venture, Thaddeus, Rusty Venture. Uh, at the, the finale of season one is that he has, like, an internal twin that crawls out of his body. This yeah, little consumed
3: sw- him in the womb. Yes, a so oh.
1: small, small man with an adult head and voice. Uh, who looks a lot like their dad. And he's like, I'll call myself Jonas Jr. I'm JJ. And he just steps up to become the super scientist that that Rusty has never managed to be. Yeah,
3: JJ, I think, is the true heir to Jonas Venture, right? I mean, he he definitely thinks he is. Mm -hmm. And it's played that way. He's the much more intelligent twin. Uh, he's the one that's actually a successful super scientist. Yeah. Rusty's been literally coasting off his father's achievements all his life. Yeah, that's what it seemed like. <laughs> yeah, he's not a good scientist.
1: <laughs>
3: uh, <laughs> that's hard to say every now and again he doesn't have breakthrough moments. Yeah. But yeah. he does something truly revolutionary. I mean, in, in, in the last season, he create, he, he cracked teleportation. Yeah. Oh, yes. He created pods that you can literally step on a, a pad and it teleports you to the other pad. So he he cracked the code on what teleportation is. So it's, he's not a bad scientist. Yeah. He just, for a long time, was not living up to his potential, mm-hmm. Yeah, letting his father's achievements become who he was as well.
0: Mm-hmm.
2: Uh, if you want any clue to how, how much I know the characters, we'll start with my opening note. Uh, we open on an evil meeting in a study somewhere. There's a super super
1: purple dude,
2: a metal chin man, and a skull face speaker.
1: <laughs> okay. Uh, the skull face speaker is Dr. Henry Killinger.
2: Killinger. we don't think we got his name the whole episode.
1: Oh, sorry. It's Killinger, yeah. <laughs>
2: Killinger, yeah.
1: And he is here with a collection of former villains and former heroes. We've got Professor Impossible. Oh,
2: so he was a hero.
1: Yeah, the, the Reed Richards of this universe who's yes. defected and become a supervillain.
2: Just straight up Reed Richards. Yeah,
1: yeah, just yeah. straight up Reed Richards. Yeah. Uh, but we And like Baron Underbite is the guy with the metal jaw. He's a <laughs> Dr. Doom. And then we have Phantom Limb. Him, who's uh an evil scientist whose arms and legs are invisible yeah. so he's just he looks like a floating torso
3: yeah yeah he generates bioelectricity through his uh invisible limbs yeah, yeah. he's uh,
2: a cool action sequence in this episode uh, no yeah I mean, mm-hmm. they, they've
3: they've never been bad at that that's always been something they've shined when they when it comes to fights and action they do it yeah well.
2: Yeah. Uh, we get our own Two-Face in this as well. <laughs> Radical left. Radical left. <laughs> uh, and then we, uh, did you mention Fat Chance?
1: There is also Fat Chance, who's yeah. a man who has a magic portal in his stomach, and he can pull anything out of it. Yeah. He, and he doesn't know. He doesn't know what he's going to get.
3: Yeah. And he must is- become Fat
2: Choice. <laughs>
1: <laughs> we also have Zero, who is a defected old monarch henchman.
2: I was wondering. Like, he, he seemed to be a He henchman. was the best henchman. Okay. <laughs> I mean,
3: like he was the one that was the most professional and prepared all right. the time. And 21 and 24 mocked him mercilessly for being so prepared. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> so, yeah, he defects and uh, for a while became a supervillain and mm. now is part of the Revenge Society. Mm. Yeah.
1: So they are meeting, like you said, in a mysterious study somewhere. They are getting ready to uh, do supervillain things. They're going to go up there and attack the Gargantua 2. And uh, then you hear the noise of a car arriving outside. And they're all like, oh, no, everybody hide. And then it turns out that outside is the monarch and Dr. Misses the monarch and Henchman 21, the one remaining henchman. Yeah.
2: And he's jacked now
3: yes he's, he's huge he got yeah. super jacked so no one would ever die under his watch again
1: yeah, yeah he's he's a big softy and yeah. he's yeah despite being the one remaining henchman he henchman 21 is his entire identity yeah. he doesn't know how to be anybody but henchman 21 yeah. 21 of one so they arrive um, their house got blown up and now they're moving into the monarch's old dilapidated childhood home that he hasn't been in in 30 years And and Dr. Mrs. the Monarch's like, wow, I think it's kind of romantic living in your childhood home. Uh, And it turns out that this is where the Revenge Society has secretly been having their meetings.
3: Yeah. 21's line about the house is still the greatest line. It looks like the kind of house that would have creepy, wet Asian kids crawling on the ceiling, (laughs) making a direct reference to uh, the grudge. The grudge. (laughs) Yes.
2: So yeah, while they're in, moving into the new home, the society kind of runs away, uh-huh. f- gets in the spaceship, floats away. Uh, the Fantastic Car. And- the Fantastic Car.
3: <laughs> they fly away in the literal Fantastic Car.
2: <laughs> and then we uh, we get the promo video for Gargantua 2, mm-hmm. the world of tomorrow, today, in space. Uh, and it's just full cheesy, and it's like, come to our, like, you know, astro lounge, and like. Go to our spas. Go to our restaurants. It's a space station. Come up and hang out.
1: Yeah. You see uh, some sort of a a swooning, like, lounge singer singing, who's a character named Copycat, who will show up next season. Mm -hmm. He's, what if a Frank Sinatra could clone himself?
3: (laughs) Okay. He is. He's multiple man with the attitude of Frank Sinatra. Yeah. That's great. Love that. (laughs) (laughs) Uh, But yeah, they basically are, I mean, you know, they basically are, uh, Jonas Jr. has created a resort in space mm-hmm. gargantua one was not intended to be a resort gargantua one was for scientific discovery people lived there but it was not a place you could vacation to mm-hmm. yeah jonas jr has changed that and in making gargantua 2 has tried to create a home away from home vacation type place for rich people to come to yeah um and obviously it uh you know regardless of what you intended it to be, Gargantua One was doomed to fail. So going into this episode, even watching it the first time, you think to yourself, Gargantua Two is probably doomed to fail <laughs> <Right>. as well. <laughs> Very Titanic. I,
2: I have in my notes uh, that we, we see Doctor Venture, Hank and Dean, uh, and company flying up on like a commercial jet. Yeah. Into uh like this the space station. I wrote I wrote Quizboy my phone corrected
1: to Quiznos. <laughs> <laughs> yes, Master Billy Quiznos is here. One of my favorite characters, he's a, a short man with a giant head, an eye patch, and a robot arm. He's a, a trivia game show genius and a surgeon.
2: <laughs> yes, as you are, as you do. Right. Uh, but yeah, they're, it seems like they're just all commuting to I, were they, in, I guess they were invited up onto G2?
1: Yeah, these are all, um, this is like the grand opening of G2, and these are a lot of uh, guests who have been invited or who have gotten passes. Yeah. And when they're flying up there, Rusty says, you know, I was the first American boy in space and the first boy to come back alive. Poor Dimitri. Poor Dimitri. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Yeah, then all the the
3: older people you're seeing are the members of the original Team Venture. Mm. Oh, that's who they were. Just like Brock Sampson was the bodyguard to Team Venture, when Jonas was young and Rusty was a child, he also had bodyguards. Mm -hmm. They called themselves Team Venture. Gotcha. Uh, Colonel Gentleman is obviously supposed to be a Sean Connery, James Bond type character. Yeah, Yeah, he's gay, Uh,
1: Sean Connery. He is. He's Mm -hmm. gay, Sean Connery. Uh,
3: The Action Man is obviously a super soldier type character, Mm -hmm. Captain America, uh, you know, stuff like that. Um, which other members were were present?
2: It was, who was the lady?
1: Oh, that's Rose. That's Billy's mom. Oh, that's Billy's mom. Yeah. Okay. She was not a
3: member of the original Team Venture. No. But she was a superhero back in the day. Yeah,
1: which Billy does not know. Billy no. is a huge fan. Okay, so Rusty Venture, he had a cartoon about himself like Johnny Quest. He is a... <laughs> I mean, it was exactly Johnny yeah, Quest. Yeah, he's like a failed <laughs> child star. And Billy was a huge fan of his TV show and, like, collected all these action figures and everything and then got to, like, befriend the man who his favorite fictional character was based on. And he doesn't realize that, like, one of the recurring heroes in the cartoon is his mom. Yeah. And his mom is dating the action man, and they're super flirty, and Billy is very uncomfortable with it. <laughs> yeah, very I'd parents. like the pillow now. <laughs>
2: uh, meanwhile, uh, again, nicknames, Brock and Hairwoman Woman uh, are sneaking in under the radar. Amber <laughs> Gold, man. Amber Gold, who is a uh, badger Brewster. Yes. Um, so they have stolen this, like, seems like a Texas like couples ship a civilian shuttle <laughs> right. yeah, yeah. They're,
1: so they're not officially on the job here they're here because jj does not play the whole like superhero supervillain game he just does science stuff mm-hmm. and the uh, so he's not an official client of the osi in this world, like heroism and villainy is like structured. Like you it's have a to, business. Yeah. yeah, you have to join the Guild of Calamitous Intent if you want to be a supervillain. And there's like rules and classifications. JJ's not a part of that, but the OSI wants him to be watched over, even though he has no official like bodyguard or whatever, because they're like, we can't let his technology get in the wrong hands. So yeah, Brock and a fellow OSI agent Ambergold are sneaking up there. They've commandeered a, like, country music acts ship. and oh right? What they, the hell was that? They just knocked them out, and they're like, we're going to be sneaking on board the ship, stealing your clothes.
2: <laughs> uh, we get another cut. We're setting up a lot of plot lines yep. in this episode. Uh, we cut over to uh, the Monarch family, Is still, like, kind of stressing about moving in. And uh, Dr. Girlfriend, who, who is, who, what's her name now? Mrs. the Monarch?
1: Dr. Mrs. the Monarch. Thank you. Yep. <laughs> Dr.
2: Mrs. the Monarch gets called off her to- Her real name is Sheila. Right. Well, I'll, I'll call her Dr. Mrs. the Monarch. Thank you very much. Sure. <laughs> she gets called off to a meeting of the Thirteen. She's on this Council of Thirteen. That's them. Baddies. The
1: Council of Thirteen. Council of
2: Thirteen. Okay. <laughs> yeah. And uh, headed by this mysterious figure, the Sovereign, mm-hmm. who is their evil Zordon.
1: Yeah. Yeah. Uh,
3: I was going up to say, up at this point, right, I mean, yes, <laughs> he's, he seems mysterious because you don't know the context, yes. but up to this point, we know that the Sovereign is a shapeshifter who is pretending to be David Bowie.
1: Yeah. Oh, like, okay. Like, we know
3: that yeah. up to this point, right? So the Sovereign, you know, uh, attacking his members, which is obviously what we see next, mm-hmm. um, and, and eliminating most of them, that is something that like, I mean, kind of comes out of nowhere, right? As as a fan, even though you're aware of the investors and these, you know, these weird kind of supernatural people that are working behind the scenes, mm-hmm. um... You just don't expect the sovereign to turn on the guild, right? That is something that really comes out of left field. Yeah. But yes, he is a shapeshifter who lucked out and became the leader of a global villain organization. Mm.
1: Yeah. <laughs> and for like the first episode you see him, you think it is David Bowie and he can shapeshift in this universe. And then you learn, no, that's just a shapeshifter who chooses to make their default form 1970s David Bowie. And I mean, in why fact, wouldn't they. You
0: know?
3: Yeah, they they comment on the fact that the real uh, shapeshifter is the creature that you see on the cover of Bowie's album, Diamond Dogs.
0: Oh, that's cool.
3: (laughs) Which was basically just Bowie crossed with a weird animal. Yeah. But that's never been... You know, told definitively. That's just something that Brock, I think, throws out at one point as a rumor or something. Lots of
1: speculation. Yeah, Yeah. this is a show full of secrets and other characters guessing at what those secrets are supposed to be. Yeah, that's great. So, yeah, Um. we do cut around and we see other supervillains on the Council of 13 getting murdered. We get a brief appearance by Dermot, the third Venture Brother, Rusty Venture's illegitimate son. Uh, don't mind that. He's working <laughs> at the he's working at the mall. He takes out the trash, and there in the trash, he finds a, a dead robot in the dumpster.
3: Yep, another one of the members of the uh, Council of Thirteen.
2: So, yeah. Uh, then we meet uh, John Hodgman as Snoopy. Uh... <laughs> Snoopy's,
3: Snoopy's in... a recent addition. He wasn't in the whole show. He, he pops up when they redo
1: the OSI. Yeah, season five. He's just yeah. like a quiet, mild-mannered surveillance tech.
2: Yeah. So yeah. we're we're seeing the OSI monitoring uh, members of the Council of the 13 mm-hmm. and seeing them, like, drop off the map. And they're like, "Out of the Sovereign must be onto us because, like, he's just killing his own men before we can get to them. Mm-hmm. And so he's got a fire lit under him. Uh, the image of the, the animation of the Sovereign. Very fun, very fun, very cool. <laughs> uh, and then we see uh, the Revenge Society getting to Meteor... What is it? Meteor Marjorie? Meteor Majeure. Majeure, sure.
3: Yeah. Yeah, which was originally the uh, the headquarters of oh my god Force Majeure. Force Majeure, who's yes. a
1: supervillain we've heard mentioned but we've never, never seen, seen. Who yeah. apparently back in the, back in the day when Rusty was a kid held like him and the whole Boys Brigade for ransom.
3: Ironically, uh, Phantom Limb was a member of the Boys Brigade. So yeah, it was oh. uh, Professor Impossible. Yeah, yeah. They had a little boys' club when they were kids, mm-hmm. and they got kidnapped by Force Majeure and taken hostage on Meteor Majeure. Mm. That's what Rusty's referring to when he says he was the first boy in space. Oh, okay. (laughs) Was that he got kidnapped to space (laughs) when he was a child. Yeah.
2: (laughs) Poor Dimitri. Mm -hmm. Okay. Uh...
1: We we see Team Venture uh, land at the, on the Gargantua too. Rusty's upset that like he's not on the list when his brother made the entire thing. <laughs> and uh, I think Pirate Captain is the one with the list. Pirate Captain doesn't have a name. He is, oh,
2: okay. <laughs> no, he he's is just pirate.
1: He's just pirate. Pirate yep. Captain. He is like literally a Scooby Doo villain they find in like episode eight. And wow. he's just and he's taken up with JJ. He's JJ's right hand man, you know. And he's the
3: <laughs> Captain
1: he's checking names off the list and he's like no don't have a rusty venture don't have a thaddeus venture we have a scamp venture which is the name of the old family dog scamps
3: a dog and he's been dead for five years yeah (laughs)
1: jj put him under that as as a joke which rusty does not find funny i also
3: just want to point out that in this scene where they're all kind of in the lobby of Gargantua 2, mm-hmm. uh, Colonel Gentleman does not trust robots. Yeah. It is evident when you see him interacting with the robots that run Gargantua 2. But he has literally the greatest line when he's throwing all his suitcases on the robots and he talks, he says something about dirt. And the robot says, All rooms are equipped with showers. And Colonel Gentleman responds, I don't want to get clean. I want to get filthy. Yes, <laughs> one of my favorite lines in the whole episode. Excellent. <laughs> because I can't even imagine what he's talking about. And that's, <laughs> that's the greatest thing about Colonel Gentlemen. You just yes. don't know. <laughs> oh. But yeah, then they all uh, then they all kind of settle into what Gargantua Two is, um, and I think is that when we cut to find out what we do about JJ.
1: Oh, that's in a little bit. We cut back down to... Oh, that's right. We go back down um, to the
0: Monarch.
3: Yeah, well, Dr.
1: Mrs. the Monarch has arrived at the Council of 13 headquarters where you see everybody's silhouette on a big TV (laughs) screen and then it's revealed... They're not like calling in. They are all physically. They're like in little video booths. Yeah, in I this like lair. that. Yeah, it's her, Phineas Phage, and a spider woman named Mommy Longlegs. They're the <laughs> only people who have shown up. Everybody else is killed, and they're trying to figure out like where is everybody? What's going on? What are all these alarms? And the sovereign's head appears to them.
2: Evil Zordon.
1: Yeah, evil Zordon appears and is telling them, like, now is when we are attacking Gargantua too. Like, forget about those other councilmen. Like, we're gonna go. We're going to fight. <laughs> and then later, he he does double cross them and he sprays a bunch of poison gas into the chamber. And Phineas Phage says, "Does did someone fart?" And is the gas is someone continuing to fart? Right.
3: <laughs> <laughs> it's great. But then uh, Ward and Watch come in to save the day. And Ward and Watch are two of the greatest guild characters. The guild strangers, (laughs) the reason they have all that weird stuff on their face Mm -hmm. is they're literally like Borg almost. (laughs) Okay. They are. I mean, they are, right? They remove certain components of Mm -hmm. them and replace them with robotics. Um, In fact, most guild strangers, their brains are exposed because they bypass the part of your brain that deals with pain and emotion. So these people cannot feel pain, oh. and they have no emotions.
2: That kind of that makes more sense now. They are Borg.
1: Yeah. Watch and board, they're just like t- office techs. They're just- uh, They're nobodies. Yeah, really. they're guild yeah. administration. They like hand out paperwork and take meeting minutes, and there's these two guys that have no lives except for living in like a room with a bank of television screens, like making jokes at each other and playing video games and eating chips. Yep. yep. Sounds cool. <laughs>
2: uh, down in the at the monarch while they're getting set up they're trying to order food but no one will order them to their never there because it's a
3: bad neighborhood yeah
2: and then they open the fridge and it's full of food and monarch spots like wait this is phantom limb's favorite kind of food
1: yeah no um,
3: it's the knives that give him away yeah. oh, who's the knives so Wusthof
2: knives he
1: says these the, the Is like, that a
2: Wustoff? Yeah.
1: The- Phantom <laughs> Limb! See, I,
2: I, I assumed the Wustoff was a kind of food. No, it's a knife.
3: The, yeah. It's a callback to an episode in season two After, when yeah. the monarch, Dr. Mrs. the Monarch, has left the monarch to go back to Phantom Limb, who she used to date, yeah. and they're in a store and he's inspecting <laughs> knives for a party that they're going to have. Wustoff Oh, knives. the whole
1: episode. Yeah. Yeah. At the end of season two, after their uh, cocoon base gets destroyed, the newlywed monarchs move into Phantom Limb's old house. <laughs> they do. And now they've moved back into Monarch's old house and they realize Phantom Limb has been living, living there. there.
3: <laughs> Squatting in their house. Uh, yeah.
1: But they, they find these blueprints on the table and they realize, oh, he's been planning to go up to Gargantua 2. We have to go up there. We have to stop whatever this is. Dr. Mrs. the Monarch might be in danger.
3: I see, I read that a little differently. I don't think the monarch was going oh, up to Gargantua true. 2 to stop anything. I think he was going up to Gargantua 2 because he didn't want to be the only one not to on <laughs> Gargantua 2. That's what He's, it felt like too. Yeah, the monarch just tr- didn't yeah. want to be left out of a big thing. That right. Was happening.
1: I don't think he knows his wife is in danger yet. He is just <laughs> petty and Jealous. he he just wants to show up Phantom Lamb. <laughs> Back up on the Gargantua 2. Uh, Rusty is been placed in the smallest room they have. And Billy's listing on the guest list was also missing, so they've been stuck into this room together. And Billy's like, come on, this will work out. This will be fun. I take up no space. I'm very small. I, and give, I
3: give killer back rows. Because I
1: have one robot hand. <laughs> oh,
3: Billy. Uh, and then they have a, a nice little. This is actually one of my favorite moments between Billy and. Uh, Uh, Dr. Venture, they have a nice little moment where they're arguing about whether or not they can speak Latin, because Rusty doesn't understand Mm. that parva cubiculum means tiny room, Yeah, and valium maximus means important room. Well, so Billy obviously was supposed to be there. He was invited personally by JJ, Mm. and his suite is beautiful, and (laughs) he finds that out as they're sitting there talking. And Dr. Venture screams something in... Latin at Billy, and Billy just says, Oh, yeah, that's real good. You can kiss my knee too, (laughs) and just walks away. Because Doctor Venture doesn't know how to speak Latin. No. Right? Like, he has no idea.
0: Yeah.
3: Billy, however, is an intelligent person. He's a quizmaster. And a quizmaster. This yeah. calls
1: back to a great joke in the episode where Dr. Killinger first showed up to try and overturn like clean up the monarch's act, make him into a better villain with better henchmen. Mm. And twenty-one is like, No, don't trust this guy, it's a scam. And he, <laughs> and he shouts at Dr. Killinger, sick simper tyrannosaurus. <laughs> and he's like you just said always, always faithful, faithful terrible lizard. lizard and 21's like cool yeah <laughs> but there's a great joke in the scene between Rusty and Billy where Billy's like I'm supposed to be like an honored guest like he's um like this world class surgeon he's been doing it like underground his whole life because he never officially went to medical school but he just got his official medical license and Rusty says something like when did you become a, a real doctor and Billy says we had my graduation party in your garage. And he's like, Dean gave me this watch. He said it was from you.
3: It's not from me. That's my old watch.
1: I, Which is such a... I, it's funny, but it's also a very sweet joke about how, like entwined all these random people have become like billy's always just been around so yeah it makes sense that dean would learn oh billy became a real doctor i should get him a gift i should get him a nice watch i don't know how the world works so i'll just take one of my dad's watches yeah
3: (laughs) i won't go into it but because it's a long-winded type of thing but i will say the circumstances surrounding billy getting his medical license are insane yep
2: that's great
1: he gets kidnapped by some vampires. Uh, they yeah. play racquetball. Uh,
2: meanwhile, during all this, we cut to uh, Brock and Amber gold uh, breaking in their new room. Yeah, uh, Brock, different from the last time I saw him, has a big metal plate on his
1: chest now. Oh yeah. Um, helper exploded and helper's head got lodged in Brock's chest. Oh, helper is the, the venture family robot. He's down on the ground. We'll see him in a little bit. Yeah. Did we miss the part where that we do get like the check-in from.
2: We did. That was when they were in the lobby. Yeah. There's Sar- so many things to talk about. In this right. Episode. So
1: back on the ground at the venture compound, which is in Colorado Springs, <laughs> this big super science compound, uh, Sergeant hatred is there, like, watching over the compound, just being, you know, watching it while they're gone. The Dr. Fincher has not paid his power bills. The electricity is gone out. Helper is shut down because he has no way to power himself back up. Uh, and, like, the the fridge is, like, melting ice all over the place. It's a disaster. <laughs> and, like, Rusty's like, I'm up in space. What do you want me to do? Deal with it.
2: Uh, so, so, yeah, up, upstairs in space. Uh, Hank finds uh, Brock. He's like, "Oh, I fi- I figured you would be here. This is this, 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 this is where everything's happening. It would make sense for you to also be up here."
3: Mm-hmm. No, he heard the music. Right. Oh yeah, they so- were watching a a video, a music video of Shallow Gravy, which is Hank and Dermot's band, mm. Hank and Dermot and Helpers band. Yes. And Hank, that's how Hank, he's like, how did you even know we were here? He goes, I heard the dulcet tones of our, of the greatest band in the world or something
1: like that. And Brock is so proud of his boys. Like, he's just slept with this beautiful woman and they're lying there in bed. And he's like, let me show you Hank's music video he made. Look (laughs) at
3: you, busting with paternal pride. (laughs) Gave him that old bass for Christmas. He got pretty good.
2: Yeah. (laughs) Yeah. Brock, uh, shoes Hank out of his room. He's like, stay out of this one. Uh, but unknowingly Hank swiped his. Yeah. I was going to
3: say, if you pay attention, you can see him steal the fake mustache.
2: Oh, I didn't notice. I'll have to to look back at that. yeah, (laughs) Hank, uh, swipes the fake mustache off their nightstand that Brock was using for his disguise. So he shaves off part of his, his, uh. Mullet. Mullet Mm -hmm. to fill it in. Yeah. I think this is where we, we do the JJ scene.
3: Yeah. Yeah. JJ, we, Rusty goes to complain. Mm. Or no, we did the casino thing before that, before Rusty goes to complain.
1: Well, we're down in the guild headquarters. This place, it jumps around to so many locations.
3: It's a big episode. Yeah, we're in the guild
1: headquarters. Uh, The Sovereign reveals he's double-crossing everybody in the council. He's gassing everybody, watching Ward help them sneak out, and they're like, Dr. Mrs. the Monarch, welcome to the Guild Resistance. (laughs) Fighting back against the Sovereign. (laughs) And the Monarch knows he has to get to space, so he just goes to the airport and it's him and 21 going through the security line and when he takes off all of his armor and his crown and everything the monarch's just wearing like a black bodysuit with stirrup leggings and it's really great and you see some other council of 13 supervillains, uh dr z and red dragoon which is two villains named red mantle and dragoon and one of them had their heads cut off attached to the other one's shoulders
3: (laughs) they're disguising him as a fucking tumor, it's yeah. so good, my God.
1: <laughs> they're also, like, in civilian disguises thinking, like, all these other councilmen are getting killed. Like, we have to escape. We have yeah, to escape yeah, to the space.
3: They're, they're trying to escape.
1: Yeah. Yeah. So we see them briefly.
3: But ultimately, they have to go to the Venture Compound and steal Rusty's other rocket <laughs> yes. that used to go to Gargantua 1. Yeah. Right? That rocket was built for trips between the Venture Compound and the original Gargantua satellite. Mm-hmm. And, of course, that's when he he sets their lawn on fire in the shape of a giant butterfly, Yeah, which is just so monarch. In a true
2: daredevil move. Such a monarch thing to do.
3: (laughs) And
1: there's a line when they get up there in the rocket ship and 21 says, you don't even know how to drive a car. How do you think you're going to pilot a rocket ship? And the monarch says, I may not know that, but I'll tell you what I do know. I know how to think like a venture, which is,
3: a- <laughs> and there's a single button that just says Gargantua one on it.
1: <laughs> there's that line is so laden with dramatic irony. I like made a noise and clutched at my chest <laughs> because it has been the implication throughout the entire series. The Monarch, hates dr venture absolutely hates him Mm. nobody knows why he doesn't even totally remember why dr venture doesn't care about him but he's hated him forever and there's this implication that they are long lost brothers that he is the third uh senior venture brother you got rusty and jj and the monarch Mm -hmm. just like how you had hank and dean and then surprise also Dermot. dermot
2: yeah yeah i thought that was nice because is, is that beyond implication they didn't come out right out and say well, it? Well,
1: in the season seven finale, it is revealed that they are confirmed blood-related. Oh, we've okay. all inferred that they are long-lost brothers. God. The Monarch's
3: parents were having trouble conceiving a child. Yep. Mm-hmm. And venture, Dr. Venture Sr. was friends with the Monarch's dad. He was the Blue Morpho. And they're having a conversation at one point, and he says uh blue morpho says we're having trouble conceiving i think it's my fault and jonas says oh calm down bm he calls him bm which (laughs) is the most ridiculous code name ever um it's hardly ever the fella is what he says (laughs) but send your wife over to my compound we're doing some great things in uh the science of fertility uh uh and Blue Morpho says, well, do you think you can help her? And Dr. Venture says, oh, I know I can. My science is potent. <laughs> Which was the implication yeah. that the monarch's mother cheated on her husband mm. with Dr. Venture. Yeah. And
1: there's been a lot of other weird clues throughout yeah. the history of the series. There's pictures of them when
3: they were children yeah. together. It's weird. There's
1: a lot going on, which is one of my favorite things about this show, is that it isn't just dense jokes and really tight continuity that comes back and like really deep lore. It's all very emotional. I am very invested in the plight of all the extended Venture Brothers, whether they know they're Venture Brothers or not.
2: (laughs) Uh, So the plot advances. Yeah. Uh, JJ is dying.
3: Uh, He is Every uh, organ, every part of him. He got all of the recessive genes yeah. in the family. Rusty got all the dominant genes. Mm-hmm. Um, so, yeah, he's just dying. Like, his, all of his organs, all of his bodily functions, they're just all failing him. Uh, yeah. He also reveals that he's bald now. <laughs> Which makes him look more like Rusty than he ever had before, which was actually very cool. I liked that little nod at the end there.
1: Yeah. Rusty walks in on um, Billy, who is such a a prestigious guest because he is the best doctor anybody knows. And he's giving JJ this final diagnosis. And he's like, I'm so sorry. I'm so sorry. And he walks out of the room and he says to Rusty, I'm so sorry. Mm -hmm. And JJ just hops into Rusty's arms and he says, this feels like home being in your strong arms. You did it right, big brother. A family, friends like Dr. Whalen, a business you can call your own... And Rusty's genuinely, like, shocked and and sad to learn that his brother's dying. He, like, like, is
0: is
3: he sad? I don't feel like I felt sadness in that scene at (laughs) all. He's shocked. He's shocked. But I think the best thing Rusty could ever hope for was that he could stop being overshadowed (laughs) by another venture.
1: Like, as soon as JJ says, I'm dying, Rusty, like, holds him close and, like, looks, like, really Shaken, yeah. guess, it's the most emotion we've ever yeah, seen from him. True.
2: Yeah, <laughs> <laughs> yeah, it's like a nice little tender moment. Yeah, because he is—he does need to be held like a child. Yeah, so he's being held yeah, like he's a, a child. A tiny man. Yeah. Yeah. yeah,
3: but that's also when we get the hint that the investors have something more going on yeah. with yeah. the development of Gargantua too, because they come in to talk to JJ, and he says, "Not now, I'm with family." Mm-hmm. Yeah, and they graciously bow their way out. They even imply that they're vampiric in saying I mean they're floating. Yeah, we're not we're not accustomed to going places, we're not invited. Yeah. Yeah. We never really knew what the investors were. And even after this episode, we still don't have a firm (laughs) grasp on what they are. They're just
1: three mysterious men in like black and red pinstripe suits that will just appear and they will offer you you money. A a deal you can't refuse. (laughs) Who knows what they want in return?
3: But uh, we also, when we cut back to the 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 rest of the family, uh, which I think is where they went next. They go to the casino thing right. next. Don't Hank they? is
1: there wearing Brock's fake mustache. Oh my god! He
3: has the greatest line ever when he says yes, hello, I'd like $100 of plastic gambling money as I am an adult of doesn't, legal gambling age. Doesn't he call
2: them Hank dollars? Pat-
3: Hank bucks. Right. Yeah. Uh, Hank- no, those are real. It's, he ran a whole store called Hank Co. that only accepted Hank bucks. With his <laughs> <laughs> but uh, that's when we, we also, uh, you know, Hank and Dean are obviously hanging out there. They do the James Bond joke. Where we walk by the table where there are three guys that look like Timothy Dalton, Mm -hmm. uh, Roger Moore, and a third one. Uh,
2: uh, Another Bond. Another
3: Bond. Yeah, Yeah. one of the ones that only did like one movie. Oh, George Lazenby. Lazenby. All playing Baccarat. (laughs) And the the greatest thing is the waiter comes in. uh, Here's your martini. And the guy says, I ordered it shaken. And he goes, yeah, yeah, not stirred. (laughs) Y'all ordered the same. (laughs) Gives all of them the same drink. Mm. But he tells Hank not to play Baccarat because that's a dead giveaway. It's a spy game.
1: Yeah. And Brock sees the investors in the casino. And he's talking to oh. um, OSI headquarters. And headquarters is like, they, they don't show up on video. They're like, Brock, we don't know what you're seeing. There's yeah. nothing there.
2: That confirmed for me that they are vampires.
1: Yeah. Yeah. And then Pirate Captain is like, Brock, I, I know we go way back. I know you're here watching Over the Ventures. You weren't invited. You're trespassing. We're going to have to put you in the brig.
2: Yeah.
3: We don't have one of those. No,
1: brig. What?
2: <laughs> yeah, they put him like, down in like the vault, I guess, yeah. where they were <laughs> storing valuables.
3: Yeah. No, brig. What kind of ship is this? <laughs> the Pirate Captain. Continuing to entertain.
2: Mm-hmm. <laughs> uh, meanwhile, while Brock's getting made, we also see like a, a ship kind of floating mm-hmm. in past the shields with two RS members on the back. I think it's uh, Unpossible and uh, Fat Chance, mm-hmm. and we later... yeah, but
3: they're disguised to look like <laughs> like uh, one person, like a single person. Yeah, mm-hmm. yeah
2: uh but yeah and then uh then we get like a nice wipe transition <laughs> there's a lot of like star wars references in this yes. because oh, yeah because it's a space station uh-huh. so we get a nice diagonal wipe to a spacey hallway uh and i think we just see like jj and them like walking down the halls they found a a man a floating, floating in space floating frozen man so this was also out of conduct <laughs> Was this man earlier in the show yes. or is this, yes. Okay. Okay. Tracer
3: used to be the one that ran the OSI. Yeah. He's their
1: Thunderbolt Ross. He is, gotcha. Yeah. And that he makes had sense.
3: developed uh, cancer, testicular cancer. Mm-hmm. Was it testicular prostate cancer prostate cancer? Prostate cancer. That's yeah. what it was. Um, and in order to hide the fact that uh, he was losing it and was going to die, these two guys that worked with him were pretending that when he would have fits and pass out, that he'd actually turned into a Hulk (laughs) because of radiation treatment for his cancer. So they were pretending, but he wasn't an idiot and he knew he wasn't turning into a Hulk. Yeah. So at the end, when he gave control of the OSI over to Hunter, Mm -hmm. he shot himself into space with a note on tape to his chest that said, fix it. Hoping that (laughs) he would find some aliens out there that would be able to fix his prostate cancer.
1: (laughs) Fix it. (laughs) Fix it. Yeah. A post-it note. That'll definitely say stuck in space. So that was in the season four finale.
2: Oh, yeah. my God. So this is two seasons later. Yeah. yeah. Yeah.
1: And so now they have found him in space, and they take him into this little clinic, and they they wake him up. And the first people he sees are J.J. and, and Billy, Billy. Who, who are both Tiny sm- men. small, unusual men. <laughs> And he bolts awake, and he says, The star people healed my pee cancer! My new life begins! I am ready to become assimilated into your Martian ways! Take an alien wife! Become a humble farmer of space bacteria! Space
3: bacteria. <laughs> These are the bad kind of aliens. The anal-proven kind of
0: aliens!
3: So he
1: freaks out and runs off, and then Billy just says, Fuck this noise, I'm going to get drunk and gamble. Yep. Yeah. <laughs>
3: But, yes, Timothy Traster is, uh, at least for the time he was on the show up until this final episode that he's in, he's easily one of the greatest OSI characters. He he he's super into the idea of keeping secrets. Mm-hmm. In fact, he would the way he would tell it, he invented the secret-keeping business. <laughs> so there are random moments where he's talking or where he's having like a prideful moment and civilians are nearby and he just shoots them dead yeah. just because <laughs> they can't know what's going on. Right? So he just has to kill them. Wow. He's a great character, and he's voiced beautifully by Toby
1: Huss. Jams, you have to watch an episode from season four called Every Which Way But Zeus. Okay. Which is where a bunch of sidekicks and henchmen and butlers and like ancillary oh, characters God. to heroes and villains are getting kidnapped and forced to fight in a, in a tournament and then doc and then general tracer takes all of these super, like all these important smart characters. It's a
3: white, it's a code white. Everybody's an ally because they're all being attacked. Right. He like takes
1: them all into this like underground base. Like we have to have a meeting of the minds. This is a summit. I'm gonna neutralize all your powers. And like we, there's this joke about how they take the if you have superpowers. If you're somebody like Professor Impossible, where like you have like superpowers in your body. Mm -hmm. It's like, well for security reasons, watch and ward are there. And they're like, well for security reasons we have to take all the blood out of your body. you don't use your superpowers during the summit. But at the end of the summit, we're going to give you back your jug of blood.
3: Unless you die, in which case we'll send your next of kin a very lovely card and a big bucket of blood. (laughs) 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 But yes, he also gives them all the most ridiculous code names. Brock is Topanga Lawrence. Right, they're all
1: (laughs) 90s TV references because that's what Doc Hammer does. It's like, Agent Keenan and Kale!
0: He also
3: starts that meeting with, you may notice that while you all have been given code names, I am not. That is because I am special. (laughs) Tracer is so good.
1: You better have an idea by the time I'm done with this juice box. And I'm telling you, it is fruit punch and And I am thirsty. It is delicious.
3: (laughs) Toby Huss is so good. He was was actually uh, one of my favorite characters on another show as well, King of the Hill. mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. He played... uh, Hank's grandfather, Cotton. Oh Hill. yeah! <laughs> wow. And he's fantastic. In fact, the first time I heard Toby Huss deliver a line as General Tracer, I went, "God, where do I know that voice?" Because it <laughs> sounds very similar to Cotton Hill. Gotcha. Like, it's just his countryman type voice that yeah. he does, yeah. but it's brilliant.
1: He's also on one of my recent favorite shows, *Halt and Catch Fire*. Mm. Got a shout uh, okay. out, My good, right. my good computer friends. Uh, <laughs> so
2: so meanwhile, uh, m- Mrs. Uh, m- Doctor Mrs. The Monarch. Uh, and the other council villains that managed to escape from their little like holding areas where they were getting cast, they're in this like weird hallway, and they see they see twenty one down the hall, and he makes straight up a totally spies reference
1: yeah he sees watch and ward and dr mrs the monarch sneaking around and he's like you guys are like alex sam and clover from totally spies (laughs) and then then it turns out he's not real and that was the sovereign in disguise trying to trick them to trusting him
2: yeah he turns into uh, an eagle and he flies away yeah and then robot dogs attack
1: that's his other form when the sovereign isn't david bowie he's usually an eagle <laughs> the Diamond Dogs.
2: The Diamond is Dogs. What they're called. Isn't that a Metal a, Gear Solid thing?
3: Diamond Dogs is a David Bowie album. Mm-hmm. Oh, okay. <laughs> he calls them the Diamond Dogs. That's great. <laughs> in fact, most things that he <laughs> creates for the guild are in some way a reference to David Bowie songs and/or albums. That's mm-hmm. great. Yeah.
2: And then the David, the David Dogs, the the Diamond <laughs> Dogs. Diamond Dogs, <Ducks. laughs> the the David Dogs are getting uh, taken over by what would you call them the batch brothers
1: watch and and ward ward.
2: watch and ward watch not datch uh Uh and so they're like learning dog controls uh i
3: figured out a cheat code so you can stand
2: (laughs) (laughs) they're leading uh dr uh dr mrs the The monarch and everyone down uh and out of the the thing uh and then yeah then we get uh america timmy wakes up uh that's where. That's where Doctor Twenty One and Monarch steal the rocket.
3: Did yes. you just say America Timmy?
2: Yeah, America Timmy. <laughs>
3: yeah.
1: Are you referring to Tracer?
2: Yeah, his name's Tim. Right. His name's like, America.
1: That sounds like another Johnny Quest ripoff. <laughs>
2: America Timmy. <laughs> he's in here as America Tim or America Timmy in my wow. notes.
1: I do enjoy hearing all these nicknames for everybody. <laughs>
2: Uh, da, 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 da. uh
1: also at this point um the, the revenge society have snuck on board the spaceship and uh i forget which one of them there is there but like all of them are there they're taking over the casino and so one of them says oh it must be phantom limb he would talk like this good evening ladies and gentlemen we are the revenge society that was and, the, and then down on uh, OSI headquarters, it's Snoopy and Hunter Gathers, the boss. We don't even have time to get into Hunter Gathers, but Hunter Gathers is great. <laughs> so Hun- good. And Hunter says, who the hell are these assholes? And Snoopy repeats, the Revenge, the revenge societies. Society. <laughs> and, he, and Hunter says, I'm not deaf, I'm flummoxed. And then Snoopy very quietly, agreeably says, okay.
0: Yep.
2: Oh, I love John But yeah, Hoffman. the people
3: that, uh, the people that, the Revenge Society characters that end up robbing the casino are Baron Underbite, Zero, mm-hmm. Fat Chance, Professor Impossible, and uh, Phantom Limb. And yeah. Radical Left. Huh? And
2: Radical Left. Radical
1: Left is around. Oh, that's right. Radical
3: yeah. Left it's, is there, too. Baron yeah.
1: Underbite just vanishes at some point.
2: Uh, Baron Underbite and Zero go downstairs right. to the vault. Yes. The
3: uh, fact that Baron Underbite is using a Bat'leth as a weapon. <laughs> yeah, that's right. Yeah. I was like, what is... The greatest thing I've ever seen. Because he has no real powers like everybody else. He yeah. just is disfigured. Yeah, he's right? just... He can shoot his little jaw and it comes back. but That's pretty much all he can do. Yeah. So, Bat'leth.
2: Yeah, he's using a, a straight up Klingon Bat'leth. I also yeah. took a note of that. Uh, but yeah, this is where, like, Brock is, like, witnessing what's happening. Like, okay, I have mm. to get out of here and this is out of order but I'm just going to say that Zero sees him and he's and he's trying to ignore him but Brock is trying to intimidate yeah. him to get loose and uh, uh, content warning uh, death that he's trying to egg on like oh I know you. you're you a henchman you do henchmen you do other people's work you
3: were that henchman who thought he was a supervillain. villain you got all big pants for a minute
2: yeah <laughs> And then Zero like is holding a gun to him and tries to like attack him, but Brock just takes him, takes the gun away from him, and snaps his neck. Yep. And then steals. at the moment Hank walks
3: in and throws up <laughs> yeah. as he sees the man's neck snap and his body go limp. He just yeah. vomits. Yeah. yeah. <laughs>
1: uh, um, Fat Chance is just pulling stuff out of his gut portal. So now there's just like not well, he gets
3: knocked unconscious.
1: Oh, and like stuff just comes stuff out like just a bunch of zebras. Out. You know, like a sea lion, a, a <laughs> kayak, all sorts of stuff. Just nonsense spills yeah. out of his stomach. Yeah. <laughs> uh,
3: but yeah, so then the uh, that's when we get the reveal too. That I mean, because obviously we as fans who've been watching the show are aware that Billy's mom was probably a superhero back in the day. Mm -hmm. Um, We weren't exactly sure because they never call her by her real name. They use her code name and they do that flashback where they're like having to fight each other. You
1: see her like within within an episode of the Rusty Venture show and she's like a song and dance themed hero named Triple Threat. Triple Threat. Yeah, and she wears like a little rose brooch on her outfit and then you meet Rose and she sounds just like that and is also wearing a rose brooch. So it's yeah. like, oh, that's she's her.
3: Just, she's just so clean. I want to get my filth all <laughs>
1: over her. <laughs> Rodney, that's the devil's music.
3: <laughs> but yes, that this is when Billy realizes for the first time that his mother is not just the doddering old lady that mm. he's always assumed she is, yeah. but she's actually a super badass, super mm. spy character. Yeah. yeah.
1: <laughs> like, she they're in trouble and like... <laughs>
3: the meet me in St. Louis.
1: Yeah, Yeah, Rodney, I haven't done that in ages. So she just does all this dance fighting, and then Billy's like, "Mom, where did you learn how to do this?" And she's like, "Well, Billy, it's about time I told you. Your mom used to be a..." And then somebody interrupts her, and she says, "A professional dancer, Billy. I was a professional dancer." (laughs) Yeah,
3: she continues to lie to him about the truth of her past. Uh.
2: Uh, we also get a moment where, uh, Monarch and 21 are playing like 20 questions Yes, on, well, because yeah. they're, 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 they can't fly faster. The rocket's on <laughs> autopilot. So they just have a lot of time Yeah, and they're just playing 20 questions. And it's a nice little endearing moment where they're just kind of being buddy, buddy. When, yeah. uh, Dr. Mrs. The Monarch calls and says, Hey, we just escaped. We see them escape. Mm-hmm. Uh, and Fage runs off and, uh, the, uh, mommy mommy long legs yes she she died (laughs) she was killed earlier yeah
1: the doctor mrs the monarch has been like shot in the escape and she's having like this panicked phone call to her husband and we'll hear like either side of their conversation and the monarch is doing this and like playing 20 questions he's like
2: leaning away from the phone
1: doug henning no (laughs) it's some sort of magician (laughs) And, and it's like, you just hear him say, well, I love you, too. I love you more than anything. And it cuts down her down to her, and she says, sweetie, you are the only part of my life that I know is right. Like, amidst all these jokes, we have this couple that truly loves each other yeah. so sincerely. It's a really beautiful moment in the midst of everything that's happening. Yeah,
3: genuine emotional moment, uh. for sure, between the two of them. Um, but, yeah, then she she's going to go try to find the Sovereign. Mm. Yeah. And that was actually a great scene because there's been so much about the Sovereign, yeah. who he is, what his true identity is. And when she comes in and he's Jonas Venture Sr., mm-hmm. that was just a brilliant, like, who's and as a fan watching de- it. Right, who's been dead it, for
1: 20 plus years. Right. Yeah. As
3: a fan watching it for the first time, when you see that, you're like, wait
2: no
3: (laughs) that doesn't track right like wait a minute
1: so so for me who watched
2: this without context i was like oh that's who it is (laughs) it's their dad and then i'm like oh it's david bowie i guess no
1: it's an eagle oh it's
2: an eagle it was always an eagle
3: But then they have their little monologue moment between the two of them, the cliches, yeah. the ripping off the mask type of moment. But I really do think the most genuine understanding mm-hmm. of who the sovereign actually is comes from Doctor Mrs. the Monarch as he's walking out. Mm-hmm. She just she just says, uh, "Who are not from him? From not from her? From him?" She just says, "Who are you really?" And he just genuinely turns to her and he just says. I'm just a chap who wanted to be anybody else but himself.
2: Yeah, that was really heartbreaking. And
3: that's all we'll ever know, right? Because his eagle form gets shot at the end of the episode. He gets murdered. Yeah. Yeah. So we'll never know the truth. That is all we will ever know. Yeah, I'm just a man who wanted to be anyone else but himself.
1: Yeah. So... Even characters we barely know get a lot of emotion yep. packed into them. This show is pretty efficient. Mm-hmm. But yeah, there's another OSI member named Headshot who's a sniper, but he's very handsome. And, he, and we just see him like shoot an eagle down from the sky, and it's... I mean the, the door the door's open if they ever needed the sovereign back for some reason, but you can go on believing the sovereign is dead. Yeah. yeah. And then Shoreleaf's there and he's like, Oh, nice shot. Yeah. <laughs> or, or one line from Shoreleaf, Thank mm. you for coming in, Shoreleaf. Yeah. Uh,
2: <laughs> meanwhile, back on the G two, Phantom Limb, who has been secretly working for Sovereign, mm-hmm. trying to, you know, destroy the the G two. Uh he gets intimidated by the investors while he's on the bridge. Yeah. They kind of appear and be, and he's like trying to back off like, oh, no, I, I work for the Sovereign. We're on the same side. And, he, and they're like, oh, we're on the same side, are we? Like just trying to like say things to get information mm-hmm. out of him.
3: He says something about the Sovereign and one of the one of the investors said, is that who put you up to this? Yeah. Yeah. Says, yeah. We're all on the same team. Yeah. Thank you. <laughs> yeah, I mean, very clearly getting info from them. Yep. Mm. Uh,
2: and then, yeah, the, the investor's like, thanks, we'll see you later. And then destroy the shield, the shield, yeah. uh, which, the
3: ray shield, which was built by Rusty Venture to protect Gargantua too. Yeah,
1: yeah. protect it from this incoming meteorite storm, <laughs> uh, mm-hmm. which becomes a major conflict to the episode. They need to get the shield up or else everybody in the ship is dying, regardless of supervillains. Yeah. Uh, and then
3: we get the best, I think, moment of the entire episode uh, where J.J. is trying to get back control of mm-hmm. the ship.
2: Yes, yes.
3: And General, he comes upon General Chaster. They try to open a door and he says, I can't do it. My cancer's beat me. And General Chaster says, we can't let the cancer that's eating us alive beat us. Mm-hmm. Oh, cancer makes me so mad. <laughs> And literally turns into Red Hulk.
2: Yeah, he Red Hulk's, and yeah. then he
3: just goes, well, hot dang! Traster's a Hulk,"
0: <laughs>
3: <laughs> which which completes his Thunderbolt Ross transformation. Yes, yeah. in the comics, Thunderbolt Ross also Red Hulk. Yes.
2: Yeah, <laughs> that's great. So yeah, they break in. Uh, JJ is able to like get control and like like re like uh, unlock all the doors and be like, "Okay, I can figure what's going on." Uh oh, the core's busted. We got we to gotta do something so the, the, about this core. The
3: shield thing, I think, is something to bring up because it's another callback to a previous episode mm-hmm. where they built the ray shield. Mm-hmm. They, were u- they were creating this shield on Earth. Yeah. Which was completely ill-advised because superheated plasma is used for the shield, which can cause genetic mutation. Yeah. Oh. So when Dean and Rusty are resetting the shield and Dean says, wait a minute... Didn't the kids who made this have four arms? (laughs) I thought... Because they did. They were genetically mutated children who Rusty had hired to help Mm. make the shield who he mutated into four-armed
1: freak people. Mm.
2: I thought that was just like, there were two people that worked on this. No, No. they
3: had four arms.
1: Okay. (laughs) Slight animation error. They had two arms like on top of each other, not like side by side. Yeah, that was weird. Continuity error. But yeah, go back and watch. What color is your clean suit? The opening to season five. Great episode. (laughs)
2: Mm -hmm. So they they have like a nice father son moment. Yes. Where like uh, there's like a a back and forth line where uh, Doctor Venture is like, he's you know he's putting on his usual chagrin. Like I don't even want to be here. I I was telling interns how to make this. I didn't make this myself. Ooh. And uh, uh, Dean is is like, I, I'm i impressed, you know? Like, we're out in space. Like, we're having a crazy adventure, and I don't want to think about all the applications that got us here, but I am impressed that you made these shields. Yeah. Yes. And he's like, thank you. I didn't know... That you I knew, knew I, w- I
3: was impressive, but I didn't know you knew it.
1: Yeah, yeah. exactly. <laughs> uh, Which
2: is like almost nice. Yeah.
1: yeah, I and and Dean has always been the one that took the most after their father. He's the one most interested in in science. See, but rusty. that's
3: the thing. By this point, Dean is is hate. He hates himself so much that he is rusty. Yeah, yeah. right. At first, it was an innocent like I'm going to be a scientist like my dad. Yes, mm-hmm.
1: but once the clones were, once it was right. revealed they were clones. He knows, and he didn't like. He just told Hank, he kept this a secret for a long time that he, like him and Hank were clones before he told Hank, this ate him up inside. And he finally tells Hank and Hank's just like, wow, cool. (laughs) Hank doesn't take it at all the same
3: way that Dean does. Mm -hmm. But Dean literally, once he figures this out, he really rebels against the idea that he is like Rusty, Mm -hmm. which was really interesting because in the final season, what Dean finds out about Rusty is that Rusty too... Was a clone.
1: Yes. Had been cloned
3: multiple times throughout his life because Jonas Sr. was the one who invented the cloning procedure. Rusty just used it because it was already built for him. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. But Rusty was a clone too.
1: Yeah. Interesting. Yeah. Yeah.
3: Every time he would die, his father would clone him.
1: So
2: are there... Which th- then
3: makes Dean come back around to the idea that he and his father are not very different and they both just had shitty parents. Yeah.
2: That's great. What a bonding. Yep. It, but yeah, th-
3: Jonas Sr. was a shitty parent. Mm-hmm. Rusty was a shitty parent. Yeah. And they
1: both had bad parents. But he's way better than Jonas Sr. <laughs> exactly.
2: <laughs> yeah, and then, then they, they fix the shields. They do. Uh, And then uh, they get that moment flipped on them mm-hmm. uh, with that line like, oh, I don't know. I was impressed. Mm-hmm. Uh, I
3: knew I was impressive but I didn't know you knew.
2: Yeah, where Dean flips that back on his dad, and I'm like, oh, that's kind of cute and nice. Uh, Yeah, but
3: then the core melts down anyway. There was nothing they could have done, right? And I think that's probably something the investors did intentionally, Mm. right? I mean, they clearly wanted to destroy this because it meant something to the Sovereign.
1: Yeah, Yeah, so it's everybody's escaping from the ship. You see a shot of them like in the escape pod and Billy has to sit on his mom's lap. He's very (laughs) mad. Yeah. Also, um, Sally Impossible, the Sue Storm of this universe, who had run off with JJ several seasons ago, goes up to uh, Professor Impossible And she's like, Richard, come with me. And he's like, "No." you take me back? And she says, no, but I'm not going to let our son's father die because he ran off to join the LARP society.
3: (laughs) (laughs) But yeah, everybody escapes except for J.J. and Tracer Hulk. Mm -hmm. Yeah. Uh, Tracer Hulk, who rips the core out of the rest of the space station and rides it off into the sunset. Yeah. Like, uh, what's his name? Riding the nuclear bomb. In Into Town. I don't remember that movie. No, it's
1: Doctor Strangelove. Doctor Strangelove. Also very dark star. Yeah. John Carpenter's first film. Oh, sure. Yeah, yeah. Uh, There's a great scene where JJ's giving his final message to the pirate captain. And those two are like very good friends. They are. JJ grew up inside of Rusty's body, and Pirate Captain was off doing pirate stuff for years. So both of them have like emerged out into the modern world and have been playing catch up with each other, mm-hmm. which explains a very 90s reference we're going to get to later. But the two of them are really good friends, and JJ's given his final call to Pirate Captain, and he says, You know, the captain always goes down with his ship. And the, and the Pirate Captain balks, and he's like, I, I meant me, Captain, not, not you, Captain. Not yeah. you, Captain. Yeah. <laughs> you should get out of here
0: immediately. Yeah.
1: <laughs> and then we cut to uh the the Monarch in 21 in their spaceship. Oh yeah. They they know Dr. Mrs. the Monarch is in grave peril. They're going straight towards a, a space station that's about to explode and it's to the Monarch who says, "I've given this a lot of thought. I really didn't think I'd get the chance to say this, but are you Lance Burton?" And 21's like, "Yes! yes! How'd you do that?" <laughs> I, there are continually so many moments in the show where these two just have like a weird mind meld, like just through their supervillain henchman relationship dynamic. They've spent so much time together and they weirdly learn to think like each other. Yeah, they do. yeah. Uh,
2: So so meanwhile, uh, Dr. Mrs. The Monarch is uh, like strapped into <laughs> this base where she found uh, the Sovereign and he set like a six minute detonation, like, o- like auto destruct sequence. And uh, the the uh, what's their name? The boys. Watching Watch Ward. Watching Ward. <laughs> Watch and Ward. Uh, I was gonna do another five-letter name that ended with uh, that's ended with "atch." Uh, <laughs> they uh, find them and just like you know what the one thing I know about like secret lairs and like uh, like these kind of things. There's always an escape pod. Mm-hmm. And the circle gets the square. Yeah, and they flip the the coffee table and it turns into escape pods and they ride off. And that's the last time we see them. For a while, uh, until uh, the monarch gets a call, and he's like, "Are you okay? Like, sweetie, are you doing okay?" And she's like, "I'm coming in for a rescue." <laughs> like, when now? <laughs> yeah. And they hit, her escape pod hits his ship perpendicular and carries them off to the asteroid.
1: <laughs> yeah, they fly to Meteor Major. Yeah, Meteor
2: Majeure. Mm-hmm. Uh Meanwhile, uh, down on Earth. Venture HQ is still on fire from the, the,
1: yeah, the, the Monarch? Yeah, it is burning logo. So it's hatred. It's the Order of the Triad, which is uh, Dr. Orpheus, our Doctor Strange character. Him and the Alchemist live in just a spare building on Venture Compound. That's how he knows everybody. He's, Dr. Venture is his landlord. He's their neighbor. It's them and Jefferson Twilight. They're trying to use magic to fight off the flames. Uh, Hatred is called the actual fire department, but as soon as they drive up, all the the booby traps around the base like spring to life and destroy these fire traps. Yep.
2: It's so.
3: Needless to say, the compound continues to burn.
2: Katria H- H- just looks on, like so sad and apologetic, like, "Oh no, <laughs>
3: he forgot to turn off the security countermeasures." Right.
1: Yeah. And then up in space, uh, JJ gave his final call to the pirate captain, and then he says his final goodbyes to Rusty. He says, "This is it. Speak well of me, big bro, and well." Go Team Venture! And they do this thing throughout the series where you make, like, a V with your fingers and you touch it to somebody else's V. Mm-hmm. That's the Go Team Venture sign. And he, like, does it to Rusty and Rusty, I think, like, the only time he's ever done it. Just, like, very sadly does it back to him.
2: Yeah. Uh, yeah, it's, it's very a very sad little moment as as it goes off. And I don't know if this happens concurrently or next, uh, but the investors appear on media. Oh, yeah. Uh, yeah, it does happen
3: concurrently. Concurrently. They run into Killinger. Yeah, what we find out in that moment is their brother.
2: <laughs> yeah, they just mention brother. Yeah, and they talk about humanity like this little thing. Mm-hmm. Uh, so it's implied that he is also some kind of. But his
3: outlook on it is different than theirs, right? Yeah. He says to them, "We were not meant to rule over these mortals. Mm-hmm. We were meant to help them." Yeah, and then they proceed to have like just a straight up lightsaber fight.
2: Yeah, yeah, they pull the investors pulled out red lightsabers. Yep. And uh, Skull Killinger uses his umbrella. Yeah, he's got a little umbrella. And I'm like, okay, (laughs) I guess we're doing this. Mm -hmm. Uh,
3: But then as 21, the monarch, Watch, Ward, and Dr. Mrs. the monarch arrive, we realize that this battle that has destroyed this entire room is just a psychic battle they're having (laughs) in their heads, which was brilliant. Just Because, again, they do a good job of making you think this is actually happening. This is what they're doing. Mm. And then when you see them both just standing there, with their hand, with their fingers on the sides of their head just having a psychic it was great it was yeah. beautiful it was... but the investors are all killed in that moment the yeah. only one who survives is Killinger
2: yeah and uh, i think they make a mention about like the revenge society like phantom limb and like uh, a bunch of them are there and like well like uh, i wanted to betray you and Killinger's is like why did you want to betray us though because you wanted to join the revenge society or the with this, the council of 13 mm. you wanted you... to
3: join the council of 13 yeah, yeah.
2: And, and he's like, yeah, but the council is gone now. And Killinger's like, is it? I and, see
3: 13 chairs in this room.
2: Yeah. And the new monarch is there. And he's like, yay, yes. <laughs> and he, he runs over to the head chair and spins it around. And Killinger's already in there and says, nope. Not you. Not you. <laughs>
1: I th- yeah, I think that's our post-credit scene and then we get to this bonus. No, that was
3: actually the the end. Yeah. Yeah, the post-credit scene is the funeral. Okay. And so
1: there's I, a
2: mid-credit scene. I
1: have to say thank you to HBO Max because this scene originally like it was overtime, it didn't air on Adult Swim. It like they put it up on their YouTube channel. Yeah. Mm-hmm. And then when all these episodes were on Hulu, they didn't include this. You still had to go to the YouTube channel, even though there's, like, real important plot stuff in here also. Absolutely. I went through HBO Max. They've got the Shallow Gravy music video. Like, they've got all the extra bonus stuff, which is very helpful. Thank you, HBO Max. But yeah, we get our, our post credit scene. Uh, it's JJ's funeral outside the Venture Compound. Which is gone right because when he wrote it in his will he didn't know the compound was going to burn to the ground but they're like he wrote it this is what he wanted let's still do it here in front of the smoking remains everybody's here I got to mention my boy, Pete White. He finally shows up briefly at the end I, of the I episode. I think we saw his hand at the beginning of the episode or something. Oh, I don't know. Well, he he wasn't there. Yeah. I don't know. But he's Billy's roommate. He's an old college friend of Rusty Venture.
3: There would be no reason. See, this is something I thought about, right? JJ knows Billy Quizboy. Yeah. But JJ doesn't know Pete. wow No. <laughs> yeah. Like, they don't really have any no. screen time together in any episode. It's- so... When you think about all the people that are on the the Meteor or on the Gargantua 2 who should be invited, Pete's not among them. Right. J.D. doesn't know Pete. Yeah. yeah, He (laughs) He only invited Rusty because he's his brother. Right. Otherwise, he probably wouldn't have invited
1: Rusty. He didn't give (laughs) Billy a plus one because he's there to give a sad medical diagnosis. Yeah. But yeah, Pete White, he's Billy's roommate. They're partners in like a (laughs) pseudo—they're partners in conjectural technologies, a vague science— Company. How can we make
3: your tomorrow better?
1: <laughs> they are also uh, superheroes on the side. Pete White is like an albino pastel goth who was an 80s radio DJ. And he was a, a game show host, which is how he met Billy. Yeah. He's Billy- on your shirt. Yeah. yeah, yeah I'm wearing my um, the Quiz Boy and, and like pink my Pink Pilgrim shirt from the <laughs> shirt club. These two are my favorites. I just I just had to stop and talk about my boy Pete White for a minute. Thank you. But yeah, everybody's here. Everybody's here, sitting in chairs, out on the lawn. Everybody showed up for JJ's funeral, even if they weren't invited to the Gargantua too. Uh, And Pirate Captain is up there giving the eulogy, and he's like, the old man wanted me to sing a song that was very special to the two of us. And he pulls out like a little, like, old-timey sea shanty accordion, and he starts singing... Once there was this kid who got into an accident and he couldn't come to school. But and Rusty's sitting there, like, is this the crash test dummies? <laughs> Why are they doing this? And then the lawyer sitting next to him is like, uh, this was written in his will, also. He requested <laughs> yeah. the crash test dummies. Mm-mm-mm-mm. So he's, they all
3: sing it. Every, yeah, all the...
1: Everybody joins in. Helper, powered back up now, rolls up there, starts playing like a backing beat. <laughs> it's a, yep. a bizarre but weirdly very sweet, touching moment. One of my favorite moments in the entire series, pirate captain singing the Crash Test Dummies song.
2: We get a, a shot of the back, back of this while Brock is like mourning from afar, yeah. like smoking a cigarette. And the, the monarch in 21 pull up with their car that they abandoned. <laughs> When they went to get the rocket, and they're like, "We're just trying to get this to start. Can We're we just get in our car back? Can we plug these jumper cables to your electric fence <laughs> to jump our car?" Whatever,
1: uh, do- just hurry up. Doctor <laughs> yeah. Orpheus is, is talking to Dean. He's like, "I know you cared a lot for the little guy. I tried to do what I could to save him, and I managed to do it. And you think he's talking about JJ, and yeah. instead he pulls out." Dean's stuffed giraffe, Mr. Mr. Ricci, oh. which he saved from the burning flames of the Venture home. Which is
2: still really sweet. Yes.
1: That yeah. <laughs> he's like, I ha- I know this boy is a stuffed animal he loves. Yeah. I don't care how old he is. I think he'd want it. So I'm going to go in there. I will use my necromancy to resurrect a stuffed animal.
3: <laughs> but this, this episode as a whole, right, as we come around yes. to the final moments, this episode as a whole, I think, has changed everything about the series Mm -hmm. forever. I mean, uh, irrevocably and nowhere more is that spelled out than in the final moments of this post-credit scene. When the lawyer reveals that the entire venture industries that is now a multi-billion dollar corporation that JJ started is being left to rusty.
2: Yeah.
1: Including their, huge skyscraper in new york city that
3: used to be venture plaza then became impossible plaza and then became (laughs) venture plaza again this is a
1: reclaimed baxter building that they're moving into yeah yeah
3: and that was that was it i mean rusty faints because he can't even believe that he's now a billionaire yeah but yeah everything gets left to him which is not something even as a fan of the show Mm. i was expecting to happen yeah yeah. Because that fundamentally changes everything about who these characters are and how they're going to interact with the world around them mm-hmm. now, right? It's not ju- they're not just the nobodies out here in the middle of nowhere anymore. Now they are the most important uh, yes. technology company in the world. Yeah. Which, again, goes into season six and seven, which <sighs> are... Completely yeah. different than anything the show had done up to that point.
2: In- and and then, then we get like a little season six whole trailer at the end yes. of the episode. And that's that's the end of it.
1: Yeah. And season six moves everybody to New York City. We've got this change of setting. We get all these new characters coming in. their
3: own Avengers. Yeah, that yeah. Yeah. The
1: main villain of season six is a, a kingpin type guy called Wide Whale. <laughs> uh, his daughter it, it, it ends up dating Hank. Uh, <laughs> there's a lot happens. And then you the watch. Crusaders.
3: Yeah. I mean. Avengers Assemble was always the thing. And it was hilarious to hear uh, the Captain America person who is called Stars and Garters. Because he literally wears a garter belt. Yeah. That is his costume. I wish
1: Uh, we had more Stars and Garters. Him and Night Dick.
3: Yep. (laughs) Avengers Assemble was always Steve's thing. Well, for uh, Stars and Garters, it's Crusaders convene, convene.
1: <laughs> See, as you watch the show like slowly bring everybody into New York City like okay Billy and White have to move here the order of the triad's going to move here we're going to you know, center everybody we're going to get the whole gang back together in like a completely different setting with different stakes it's brilliant it, it changes the show. It yeah. really does. It See, becomes
2: something different. I was really tempted to watch the next episode, but I didn't want to confuse my already filled sure. brain yeah. with all the things that happened in that episode.
3: Mm-hmm. For sure.
2: Uh, but yeah, that was Venture Brothers. And, and of course, it's beautiful. as as you two big, big fans yep. of the show, I assume you recommend this show. Oh,
1: absolutely. Yeah. I will say, um, if for some reason you've listened to this entire episode without knowing anything about the show... Go go watch it. The first episode you'll see when you boot it up on Hulu or HBO Max is actually the pilot that aired like a year before. Such a great episode though. (laughs) I think the pilot is like better viewed as a cure as like an interesting extra feature after you've like watched the the first episode that aired as part of proper season one. So watch... Dia de los Dangerous. Yeah, watch (laughs) Dia de los Dangerous. Get through season one. I recommend Tag Sale, You're It. That's a great introduction to a couple of the supporting characters who end up making the show really what it is it's like episode seven or eight like billy and white are in there the henchmen are in there orpheus is in there an early proto version of augustus saint cloud is in there who's billy's nemesis yeah watch that and then go back to the terrible secret of turtle bay like later on i
3: understand what you're saying about the pilot because it feels very disconnected from what the rest of the show was but I will say the pilot has what I think is the greatest Brock Sampson moment of all time. <laughs> it seems he, like
1: it. he pisses on a mummy. Well, that was great. No, but that's not what I'm talking about.
3: You have to, you have to completely, uh, you have to completely defile the mummy or it'll come back to life. So he pisses <laughs> on it. But no, when they go to the United Nations, uh, they open up the cargo bay to the plane to get unload the equipment. Oh yes, and an alligator comes out and attacks Brock. And two of the MPs at the United Nations go for their guns. And Rusty says, no, no, no. That won't be necessary. Just watch. Ah! Brock does not use guns. Brock actually refuses to use guns. He uses a a big knife like uh, Crocodile Dundee or or any of those guys. Um, And he manages to slaughter this gator. He comes back up covered in blood, (laughs) puts his knife away. And one of the MPs says, I'm sorry, sir. You can't enter the United Nations with that weapon. And Brock adrenaline-fueled, covered in blood, just says, go ahead, take it from me. (laughs) (laughs) And that was easily everything you need to know about Brock Sampson in one moment. Yeah, Yeah.
1: Brock Sampson they locked into immediately. I feel like they kind of found their footing with the other characters. Brock has always been Brock.
3: We'd never have changed. He's been the exact same (laughs) guy he was in that pilot episode all the way through. Yep.
2: That's great uh so yeah go watch venture brothers totally mm-hmm. uh so all right thank you so much for uh coming stick coming to thank the show you. For absolutely bringing venture brothers to us it's
3: my favorite show yeah that's my favorite animated show I should say. <laughs> <laughs> uh,
2: all right mel uh last time before this episode was your pick oh yeah uh i don't remember i think it was uh lazy town or something I think was our last recorded episode. I believe so. Last
1: one we recorded uh behind the scenes in real time was Lazy Town.
2: Yeah. Uh before this episode was the April Fool's Day episode. Yeah. Which I hope everyone enjoyed. Yeah. We have not recorded that yet. <laughs> uh and uh next time is my pick. Yeah. I had trouble deciding, and initially I was gonna make you choose between two vague concepts. Ooh. Uh which we can still do. But Uh, I I have a choice, unless you want to choose between two vague concepts. Oh,
1: my God. It's up to you. I love concepts.
2: Do you want to... Okay. Do you want to watch an old cartoon based on a kid's book? Or do you want to watch something that gives a lot of people gender euphoria?
1: Oh, Oh, man. I'll take either of them. They both sound great. I'd love to reuse either one. I'll leave it up to you, whichever one you don't pick.
2: Then the choice was not... I didn't even bring that up. Yeah. Uh, Then we're watching uh, Where's Wally next time.
1: What's Where's Wally? Where's
2: Wally is the Where's Waldo cartoon show. Oh my
1: God! (laughs) How do you make
3: a cartoon show about a book? That literally is just pictures of finding one guy among a bunch of
1: other people. We're going to find out. I never would have imagined that's the book that it was. Yeah, Yeah, I can't even imagine how
3: that works as a cartoon.
2: Also, here's a free fun fact. Everywhere else, they call it Where's Wally? We're the only country that calls it Where's Waldo.
1: Wow. I guess England has Cluedo, and we have Clue. Exactly. They have Wally, and we have Waldo. Like, only one- We had to balance the scales. Only one culture can have the O at a time. Yeah.
3: The first Harry Potter book in the UK was The Philosopher's Stone, mm-hmm. not the Sorcerer's Stone.
2: Philos this- Harry Poddo was how they had to do <laughs> it.
1: Harry Pter.
2: Pter. <laughs> <laughs> so yeah, uh thank you guys so much for listening. Thank Jason, thank you so much for coming on. Thank you. Uh, Absolutely. You uh you don't have to plug anything, but it was it was it was great to have you on. Uh i'm I'm gonna give you the option but i I know you you i
3: I don't have anything to plug i mean i work at the fantasy shop if you're looking for comics or games it's a good place to go Um, yeah but uh that's pretty much the only thing i could plug at this point
2: great yeah go to the fantasy shop that's that's my my alma mater for comics (laughs) yeah yeah so uh check that out here in st louis uh thank you guys so much for listening if you would like to come on the on the show as a guest yourself Uh, You can let us know through email, SaturdayMOPod at gmail.com, or find us on Twitter, at SaturdayMOPod. If you would like to recommend shows for us to watch, you can do so there. Uh, And if you happen to leave a five-star rating or review on anywhere where you download podcasts, send us a screenshot, we'll read it on air. And if you want to find me on Twitter, I'm at JamsWilk. Mel, where can they find you?
1: You can find me on Twitter and Instagram at Wilkiewit. That's W-I-L-K-Y-W-I-T. Listen to my other podcasts on the Whatnots Network. That's W-H-A-T-N-A-U-T-S. whatnot spelled like astronauts. I'm on a show called The Review Show, very simply. Every week, it's a book club style media discussion show. We watch a different movie, season of a TV show, couple volumes of a comic every week. Uh, in 2020, we did start doing an ongoing monthly series where we would watch one whole show all the way to the end, which I started just so I could make my co-host watch the Venture Brothers with me. <laughs> so I'm like, we can't, you don't, you don't get enough of the show only watching season one. We need to do a couple episodes on this to cover the entire series. So go back uh, to the 2020 archives. We broke the all seven seasons of the show up into seven episodes. So there was a lot of fun for us. Nice. So go check that out.
2: Uh Jason at the at the end of every show we say uh relax kick back it's Saturday. Would you like to lead us off?
3: I will. So relax, kick back cuz it's Saturday.
2: It's Saturday.
1: It's Saturday. <laughs>
2: How do you say goodbye to a
3: man like
1: Jonas Venture Jr.?
3: The way Chairman touched so many lives and
2: packed so much living into his short time on Terra Firma. Mm, they say
1: the Probably kind of not what JJ had in mind when he asked to be buried on this spot. Not that there was anything to bury. <laughs> oh, stop! You didn't even know him.
2: I let you down!
3: <laughs> yeah, you did.
0: I know how much the little fellow meant to you, young Dean. And that is
3: why, against my better judgment and at great personal risk, I decided to use all of my mystical powers to save him. Still seeing spots. Anywho, before the chairman took me in, I was lost. Literally lost at sea in the awful castle. And whenever we lost a crew member, We'd send him off proper with an old pirate dirge.
2: Once there was this kid. He got into an accident and he couldn't come to
3: school. But when he finally came back, his hair had turned from black into bright white. What the hell, is that the crash test dummies? Good God, you've gotta be kidding me. Was this one of JJ's last wishes too? Uh, According to his last will and testament, I'm afraid so, yes. Hmm.